A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome back to Questions Worth Asking. This is Season 2, Episode 7. I'm Priya. And I'm John. And today we're extra excited because we've got a special guest that we're all familiar with named Priya. Hey! (laughs) Welcome, Priya. Welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) We'd like to talk about... Uh, One of these areas, similar to how I chatted about knowledge management a few episodes ago, we want to get into your one of your areas of passion around transitions and coaching people through transitions in this episode. So can we dive right in and have you give us a, a definition or get us started around what do you mean by transitions and what do you mean by coaching people through transitions? So I'm now feeling the pressure that you felt when we recorded the knowledge management episode so I can understand how you felt being in the hot seat. That's it. Welcome. I'm there. I'm with, thank you. Thank you. So um, when I talk about transitions, I heavily rely on the work of William Bridges. And William Bridges has done a lot of work on career transitions. A lot of you might be familiar with his work in that area. I particularly don't focus on that. And the, the text that I take this from is his book called The Way of Transition, and it's Embracing Life's Most Difficult Moments. And this was the book that he wrote after having kind of worked, lived, studied, wrote about transitions for decades. He then experienced his own very personal transition after his wife died. Um, And so this book was written a lot later than the other kind of career transition texts. And so anybody that's interested in this area, please, please, please do go and check out that book. It's it's beautiful. But if I come back to your question, which was what is transition? So in our life, we all experience changes. We experience grief. We experience changes of jobs. We move houses. We start new relationships. We end old relationships. That's that's the way of life. That's the normal rhythm of life. What William Bridges talks about when he talks about transition is the internal process that you go through for making sense of those changes in your life. That internal sense of how do I make sense of this? How do I internalize what these changes mean for me? How do I make sense of who I am in this new world because of this change? So, for example, when people become mothers or they have children for the first time, they go from being people that don't have children to I'm now a mother. What does that identity mean? And particularly with transitions in the Western world, we really focus on the start, you know, the start of something, the new beginning is is where we focus our energy and actually the the thinking of transitions always starts with the ending. So what is it that you need to let go of when you go through a change? Maybe you're not that job title anymore. anymore. You're no longer not a mother, you become a mother. Maybe you're no longer somebody that lives in the north of England, you're somebody that lives in the south of uh, of England. Whatever that mean whatever is meaningful for you, Transition is always marked by a period of of letting go of something. Which is usually pretty tricky, right? So is that a big part of the coaching is finding what to let go of or working through that? Yeah, it's a massive part of it. So when I when I work with people um, who go through transitions, whether they've designed them or not. So sometimes I work with people and they've decided to leave a job or they've decided that their marriage no longer works so they've made a decision and sometimes I think that they think that that can bypass them through the process a little bit and and that's not the case
choice as well. So whether you've chosen a, a, a change in your life or not, transition can still happen to you. And often there's there's three areas where people can really, really struggle. And one of them is is definitely in the letting go. How do I let go of that old identity that I or that old script or the old story that I used to tell myself or the old way that I used to see myself? And that really marks what a transition is. It starts with an ending. And it sounds really paradoxical, but it's very true. And that means you have to let go of something. And people can really, really struggle with that. So sometimes if someone is stuck there, we can spend a lot of time in that in that area. But there are two other places. So if transitions start with endings, that's the kind of stage one, which is the end of something. Stage two is what Bridges refers to as the neutral zone. And that's that, um, I call it limbo or the kind of in-between world where I've left one part of the shore. I haven't got to my new beginning. I'm in that, I'm in the water of the neutral zone. It's a time of, it's a time where you're, I'm, I'm into herbalism and in herbalism, we talk about energy returning to the root in, in over winter. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes what the neutral zone can feel like. It can feel like life is withdrawing into the, route time slows down a little bit it's a season of dormancy and people can feel very very confused a bit disorientated and that's probably the second area where people get stuck they resist the the confusion that comes with a neutral zone and they they're so desperate for it to end they'll just go to any new beginning or any new action that moves them through the neutral zone quickly because they can't stand the uncertainty of it so that's the second area where people can cause themselves some struggle. Visual helps a lot too. I'm familiar with Bridges' work, and I often thought of beginnings, middles, and ends. But I, it does sound more accurate to me to to view it as in the order of endings, mm. neutral, and beginnings. And yes, the, the for me, that visual of getting in a boat, being on a beautiful beach, and thinking, I'm great here on this beach, why do I need to go anywhere else? But thinking, no, I need to get to that island, get to that rock that's out there. So now I need to get into a boat, and that's uncomfortable. And in fact, I've literally fallen out of a boat trying to get in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and that can happen, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you're right; it, it can be longer than expected, or feel longer, have a sense of being longer in in paddling through that water to get to the the other shore or the other side. So, how about if I ask you about Priya? Um, is there a personal aspect of this transition work that got you into it? Or or maybe the question is, what what grabbed your interest? What got you into transitions? So I came across uh, transitions after about a year after I'd, I'd kind of got lost. So I was definitely in the neutral zone when I found um, this work. And I'd read William Bridges' work before on career transitions. And it was useful, but it didn't really speak to me. And it was only when I was a little bit lost in the neutral zone and, you know, a significant period of uncertainty. I'd left my corporate job. I was dealing with infertility. You know, things were changing in my life. So I had multiple transitions going on at the same time. Now, a lot of those I'd chosen. So I'd chosen to leave my job. I'd chosen to set up my own business. And for a rational, you know, strong woman like myself, because I'd made those choices, I kind of didn't think I had any right to be lost in them. I, you know, I, I directed those decisions. Why on earth was I confused about them? Or why was it bringing up so much stuff for me? 
so when I found this book, The Way of Transition, it spoke to me on so many levels and has really given me an appreciation of how hard it can be to go through a transition in your life and really go through it in a meaningful way. And it's really coloured, influenced, informed how I coach now, for sure. It's, um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's probably the scaffolding to a lot of my conversations with people about where they are um, on transition or, you know, ha- or what's coming up for them. It's a big, it's a big part of how I coach, I think. What are some of the patterns you notice in the way you went through transition and now through your studies and practice of, of coaching through transitions? What, what pops up a lot for people? What's a popular or a common pattern for people going through transition? So, so the, the biggest one for me, um, and this took me to my knees, um, it was so debilitating, is when we go through something, um, so b- back to phase one, so um, endings, when you have to end something and you realise you have to let go of something, effectively you, you have to do a bit of mourning and you experience grief. What Bridges talks about this, that when you go through that process, it can bring up old vibrations of previous patterns so previous experiences of grief or previous experiences of loss in some way and for me I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting a a job ending to bring up or remind me of earlier formative experiences around grief and so that is something I and I see it with some of my clients where suddenly they'll be talking about a decision they've made like leaving a marriage um, or changing their job or moving house and actually they'll come to the coaching session and what they want to talk about is something that happened 20 years ago so that so it can really vibrate you at a, at a really deep level and bring up things from your past that are that are you know loosely connected or deeply connected and I think that's that's definitely a pattern that I see and Shakespeare has this lovely line where he says that um he that lacks time to mourn lacks time to mend. Mm. And I often give that to my clients when they're going through that and they're kind of really confused. Like, why am I thinking about losing a dog or, you know, 15 years ago? Why am I suddenly thinking about that so much? And so that that vibration that it can give you around earlier experiences of loss is a pattern I definitely experienced. And I experience um, my clients talk to me about a lot, actually. Yeah, I love it. That's... We've talked about um, emerging needs versus presenting needs in OD, mm. or someone's coming at you or or offering, here's the challenge I have. And then there's often this, I think, assumption we make or question we have of, is there something, is there a question behind the question or something underneath? I don't know that we always make that assumption, but it often is there. So now I hear you putting it in in different transitional coaching language, which, yeah is helping me in the moment. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's really deep when, when people understand this, like I was lost and in the middle of it when I actually came to really understand what the words meant and the phases and what it actually feels like to go through them. Cause you can, we can all understand models, right? We all work with frameworks. We can understand models when you're, when you're in something and Bridges makes this point beautifully when he talks about, you know, I, I wrote about transitions for decades and it wasn't until he lost his wife that he he really experienced what it's like and 
how emotional and how all-consuming and how drowning that was for him gave completely new meaning to his life's work. And I think it's the same, you know, you can understand the model, but when you experience it for yourself and for our listeners that are there, they'll, if you're in transition at the moment, this will make sense to you at a level that um that it just won't if you're if you're not experiencing that life moment because when you're in the neutral zone it is and i would say this is my personal experience it is a time of such creativity it's a time of such fertility in terms of that that void creates such creative energy which is amazing and yet some days it can feel like limbo and it can feel like this season of dormancy that Bridges talks about and it can be confusing and it can be sad and so it can be both beautifully creative and tragically sad all at the same time and you only really know that if you're in it right it's almost a moment to moment day to day hour mm. to hour it's it's shifting so quickly that i think you start to notice the shift almost more than what it is you're feeling and thinking it's the back and forth so much that can have a bit of an impact, I think. Yeah. A, a friend of mine, um, it's a great example, a friend of mine was planning her retirement for, for years, you know, for years and years and years. She was kind of on her way out, but her organisation, you know, really uh, needed her. And so it took a couple of years to navigate her way out of corporate life. And I remember seeing her, you know, about three months after she'd left, she looked amazing. She was out, you know, with her animals looking great, you know, not, you know, doing the grind of corporate living. And somebody asked her if she was happy. And she said, I'm struggling, you know, so even though she'd wanted retirement, and she got it, and it was amazing, she was struggling with it. And it's because she was going through transition. She was leaving behind her old identity of, I'm a corporate director. This is what I do. This is what I stand for. This is what I do nine to five to a new identity that was unclear. It wasn't solid yet. She couldn't anchor herself around it. She was in the neutral zone where um, the old identity was breaking down. She was disidentifying with it, but it was she was disorientated and she hadn't moved and made sense of it yet to kind of create the new beginning, which is the, the third stage of Bridges' model, which is you know, that new beginning, you've got to the next shore, you know, it's a new understanding, new values have emerged, you've got a new attitude, there's there's a release of energy. So all of that energy that was locked into that old identity and that, that you know, navigating the ending has been released through the neutral zone and it's there for you to spend in your new beginning however you want to do it. So when clients get to that phase, they often talks to me about a new lease of life or a like a I feel 25 again or you know I, I really want to do something that they're, they're so much more animated than they were in the neutral zone where it was you know it was really hard for them really hard it sounds like uh, an energy shift is happening M- massively so massively that the other thing I, I noticed in myself um trying to get out of my head and into my body a little bit I I notice I'm in this moment of bit confused and i think what's happening for me if i if i try and make sense of it is i'm hearing you use the word transition mm. and i think what's happening in my head is i'm correlating it with the word that i hear so much with our our people we work with um transformation and the way you're using transition sounds like the way we use the word transformation does that 
because I'm thinking of the, I think it's a John Cotter model that talks about transactional change being like simple short-term change, um, transitional change being somewhere in the middle, and transformational change having a before and an after. And it's throwing me off a little bit. Does that, do you think we're using the same words or how do we relate transformational change with transition change? Yeah, so I, I think in I, mean, I use transition because that's the wording that is central and core to Bridges' model. It sounds more like your version of transformational change. So the outcome of transition, according to Bridges, would be, you know, we know ourselves better. We're more willing to express ourselves. We have a renew. He talks about renewal a lot. We have a renewed sense of self, and so our sense of being able to accept ourselves and have a more authentic presence is higher if we've gone through transition, which sounds like it's more transformational. So then if, you know, we've got all these different resources, I'm talking about John Cotter, you're talking about William Bridges, where else did you learn this? If if people are interested in this um, topic, what, what resources, what recommendations would you have in terms of books or people or communities or just anywhere to sort of get more in depth with this topic so um well there's two things if it's transition you're after i really think the way of transition is a is a great book if it's particularly around grief um so c.s lewis this is the guy that wrote the chronicles of narnia he wrote a book after his wife died called a grief observed it's a tiny book really tiny book but if it's particularly grief that has resonated with you in this conversation then I would say that's a really beautiful book to accompany you if you are experiencing grief at the moment. If it's more transition, then I would definitely start with the work of Bridges. And he particularly recommends three activities, and I've done these activities. So do you think I have time just to quickly go through what the three are? Sure, sounds good. So they're called Chapters, Path and River. Those are the three. Um, so I, I'm I'm gifting this to people to go, you know, if you're interested, please read the book. But these are the three um, activities he suggests that you can do to help you make a start to kind of understand where you are and what uh, patterns there might exist um, in your story. So the first one is called Chapters and it is where... You effectively imagine that you're writing the book of your life. What he asks you to do is um, imagine that you're writing the book of your life, but not actually write it. But actually what he wants you to do is focus on the table of contents. So at the start of the book, what would be the chapter titles? If you were writing the story of your book, what would be the chapter titles? What would be the significant events in your life that would be worthy of a a chapter heading that described what that event was like for you and he suggests you kind of brain dump all of the chapters then the second thing that you do is you start to group those chapters into phases and then give those phases a title as well so you know as opposed to you know England 1990 to 1995 which is a very kind of transactional kind of phasing it might be you know for me I could have a whole phase of my life that was about growing up as a brown kid in a white world for example that could be a phase of my life under which would be several chapters so he he the whole uh, point of the exercise is to get down the chapters of your life and work out what phases 
they would sit in. It's a way of kind of helping you to look back and see what significant events are there. So that's the first one. Does that make sense? Love it. Yep. The next one, and I've done this one, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't like it when I heard it, but I thought, oh, you know, in for a penny, I'll have a go, and then I loved it when I did it. So it's called the path, um, particularly the path that you followed. And the point of this one is for you to grab some coloring pens, some crayons, whatever. Don't sense yourself and be artistic. But rather than the first exercise where you've got down the chapters and it's a very um, verb, it's a, sorry, it's a very you're playing with words in the path you're following your creative energy, so a different side of your brain, and you're trying to draw the, the map of your life. So um, you, you'd, you know, you'd start on a road um, or a path or wherever you, wherever you wanted to start, and you'd mark things like um, were there crossroads where you could have gone uh, and made a significant decision to marry A or to marry B or to take job A or take job B. So you could mark crossroads. Were there some um, side roads that you had options available but you didn't explore? Were there some sharp curves? Were there some dead ends? Did you have places that you stopped over or points of interest or communities that your nature as you were kind of going around your path? Um, did you break down anywhere? Was there a point on your path where your car broke down or your horse and carriage broke down or wherever you're in? Was there any part you had to break down or you stopped somewhere? What were the points of interest? And the point is to get a big visual map of your life without words, but really drawn. So you're accessing a very, very different side of your brain. And like I said, I'm not artistic at all. I was a little bit cynical going into it. But my most fertile learning came from um, exercise two, so the path. And then I think you said there's a third exercise too, right? Yeah, so the third one is it takes it on a completely other level. So it kind of moves you more into concepts and metaphors. And it's called The River Named You. Okay, so The River Named You. So you're not using words. You're not using visuals um, like you're doing on the path. You are the river. So you're not the path, you are now the river. And you're really, you're really thinking through, if you are the river, um, you're taking that metaphor and applying it to your life. So if you're a river, what's the source of you? Where, where, where are the smaller rivers that might flow in and add to your river? Are you shallow? Are you deep? Are you slow? Are you fast? Do you have waterfalls? Are you dangerous? You know, they're all metaphors for thinking about yourself as a river. Are there communities along your riverbank? Uh, where are you headed? So, you know, where do you meet the sea? Do you meet the sea? Is there traffic on your river? Is there, what's the geography? What's the terrain look like? And again, this last one is, is more conceptual, but it can be a really good way of looking at playing with the metaphor of you as a river and really looking back over your life to help you understand patterns, meaningful events in a different way. So again, you're accessing a different part of your brain to help build the picture. So some of my clients like to do one above the other. Some like to do all three and they build. Um, but it's they're, they're really useful, subtle ways of helping you to look back and explore. I was writing notes as you were speaking, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're good, right? They're really great. good. Yeah. Um, so then for our podcast, for questions worth asking, if we try and begin to wrap up here, mm. what uh, 
what what do we both think is the question worth asking with regard to transitions and coaching people through transitions so so i'd like to share a quote and then i'll i'll give the question worth asking okay. so this is by florida scott maxwell um and this is quoted in the book so she says that life does not accommodate you it shatters you every seed destroys its container or else there would be no fruition and for me, the question worth asking this is if transition is the way we make sense of change and transition has a will of its own and we know that, I think I'd ask our listeners, what do you need to let go of in order to make whatever transition you need to make next? That would be it for me. What about you? That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, I can't add much. <laughs> um, I guess what comes up for me is um, back to this heart mind body um holism mm. there's something i'm trying to think of like what's the head question what's the hands question what's the heart question it's maybe as simple as what transitions am i in right now great question yeah because like sometimes we don't clear. even know it right yeah exactly so yeah what is going on for me and then i guess following that up with or i don't know maybe it's before and after how does it feel mm. in all these transitions going on which ones am I excited about? Which ones am I angry about? Which ones am I anxious about? Because it's never a lot like organizational life. It's probably never as simple as one, even though our attention may have be focused on one transition at a time. It's, it's something about mapping. How do I map my, my thoughts, my emotions, and my actions around all of the transitions going on for me right now? I, I, and, and this applies to organizational life and when people are going through change and people are trying to make sense of change, if you're leading an organizational change, are you allowing space for people to make sense of it? And also, are you allowing space for um, people to understand what they might need to let go of in order to make the change successful? So I think it works at multiple layers. Great. I love that question. Shall we close it there? Yes. Thank you for interviewing me and giving me the experience that you went through in season one. It's been, uh, it's been great. So thank you. And thank you for being here. So I'll go first and say, for this episode, it's goodbye from just outside Washington, D.C. And goodbye from uh, the UK, which is still in the EU. Yay! Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.